Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Ladies and gents, do you ever find yourself in a situation where you know that your child is struggling, but either they won't talk to you or they can't tell you what's going on in their head? Well, if that's the case, stay tuned because I have a treat for you. Today we're speaking to Kay Reeve. And Kay has always had the determination, but never knew the power of it until she endured seeing her son go through the challenges of learning to live with Asperger's syndrome and dealing with suicidal depression. It was through his journey that she discovered her emotional journey as a mum. She discovered emotions so powerful, she was driven and motivated to keep going no matter what happened. To give up on her son was as unthinkable as the consequences. That's how her unique mood mental model was created. And it's a method that she uses to teach emotional intelligence, a way to understand your emotions better and for those around you as well. The system is based around the use of color, which is sort of quite new in my head anyway, to understand your emotions. And the colors are placed in in a diagram that I will put links to in the show notes And it represents the exact place where you would be if you could see your own emotional cycle. The same pattern is reflected as you use your language, your tone of voice and your body language. Brain Unchained, which is Kay's new book, and I think it's well, at it came out at the beginning of January 2021. And it'll provide you with the tools necessary that you to feel confident and the ultimate blueprint. And believe me, I've been thumbing the pages of this book right royally. And it reassures you that there is light at the end of that tunnel. Darling Kay Reeve, thank you very much for being here. It's lovely to see you. Hi, Kai. No, thank you. I'm I'm really honoured that you've invited me to talk. And well, it's 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 it's. Yeah. I remember when you and I we met a long time ago, and then sort of our paths sort of recrossed just recently, didn't they? Um, yeah. I think probably when you were sort of going sort of you know just coming to the sort of tail end of your book and sort of putting it all together. Yeah. And I remember when you were speaking to me, there were so many light bulb moments and the penny drops, and I was sort of going, "Oh, flip! This model, the 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 mood mentor model, is absolutely ingenious." Because not only does it help parents understand sort of what their kids are going through, but it provides a tool and a model for our kids to understand their own emotional awareness, doesn't it? And I think that's the thing is that kids don't want to speak to their parents about these sensitive subjects or more to the point if they do, they might not understand what the heck's going on anyway. And to give 
something sort of tangible that you can actually put your sort of fingers on and go, oh my God, I, that's how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm there in the red zone. It yeah. actually starts making more sense, doesn't it? So, so tell us a little bit about how you got here, Kay, and, and sort of more about the move mentor model. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a very quick backstory of it is that, you know, the, the back to, my son suffered with Asperger's syndrome. And on the back of that, that made it very difficult for him to understand his own emotions anyway. And anybody with all the sensory simulation and impairments, um, they're just going to be overwhelmed. You know, most children with Asperger's do just get completely overwhelmed with life. Add on the teenage hormones on top of that. And he went through some really chronic suicidal depression for years. And it just got to a point where I'd got this 19-year-old lad walking around with not a clue what life was about. And I don't mean that in a stupidity sense. I mean it in the sense of he couldn't tell what day of the week it was. He couldn't tell you what time of the day it was. He'd got so many walls up. It was like he was standing facing a brick wall, going, why won't anybody help me? But then wouldn't turn around and see that everybody's waiting to help him. Um, it was like just facing that wall and refusing to turn around. And it's like for five years, he was like that. I couldn't get him to go and get help because once they're over about 14, 15, if the child says to a doctor or a therapist, no, I don't want help, you can't force them, not even as a parent. And even when you can persuade them to get to an appointment, they don't always sort of own up when they get there. Like, oh, yeah, mom's making it all up. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. And they write you off again. And anyway, so in desperation in the end to find a way to help him connect with life because um, he was having auditory and visual hallucinations, just, just completely in his own little world, like, like this body walking around that wasn't my son. And I thought I need to find a way to teach him how to manage his own emotions because I can't do it for him for life. He needs to do it himself. But how can, this is the question, this is where was my why came from. How can I teach him something that I can't explain? Yeah. Because he's a visual learner. And I needed something I could show him. And this is where it came from. And I sat down with him one night after having thought about it a little bit. And I literally just wrote four colours on a piece of paper. I didn't even colour them in. I just wrote them and put them in boxes. I said, right, these are your four core emotions. As you got happy, sad, angry, and depressed. I said, let's talk about them. And we sat there for a couple of hours just talking about them and how he felt and in each different ones and what each one related to with him. And then the next day I went back and went, I had a light. This is where, where I had light bulb moment after light bulb moment after light bulb moment for, for the last five years, and I'm still getting them. But I got far enough, I'd got enough light bulbs to put in pages in the book, but it was... <laughs> <laughs> I had to have enough to sort of string up my fairy light something. But it was just getting at a point, I suddenly thought, why do we change between emotions? Because that was the key thing I needed him to understand. So first of all, here's your emotions. Why do you change between emotions? Like, why are you happy one minute, then angry, then sad, then depressed? Because something changed. And that was the answer. Right. So that came up with the fifth color on the diagram. So if anybody um, looks with, with, you know, whatever you share in context of pictures afterwards, the little diagram on the back, there is the four core emotions, which are yellow for happy, red for angry, blue for sad and black for depressed. It's basically a, a four. It's a, it's a sort of a pie chart of four colors, isn't it? 
Yes, yeah, except the yellow is in the top quadrant rather yeah. than rather than on top right. It's like top from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock. Yeah. And then you've got the black at sort of 5 o'clock through to 7 o'clock and then yeah. the red and blue opposite each side. And then in the centre of that is a round circle and it's surrounded by an orange rim as well. And the inner and the outer orange represent the inner and the outer changes. And that was the whole point of finding a way to explain to him, right, tell me where you are. How are you feeling now? Let's put a finger on this now, like literally on the map. What changed? So we talk about what changed, whether it was something outside, whether it was something in him, or what changes he could make in himself to start taking that back. And this map just became a very basic tool initially. And then on the back of that, I was developing ways of using that that when he's coming to me and phoning me with problems or I'm talking to him and he says, oh, you know, struggling with this, not quite getting that, it gave me a way of questioning it. Okay, so if he's feeling like that, what changed? What can I ask him questions about? So it gave me a questioning tool. Yeah. And then that built up until eventually I developed the model into two extra levels as well. So the book is basically divided into four quarters. The first quarter of the book is literally about learning about yourself why you're the expert why you're lost why you're stuck in a rut what rock bottom actually is how to find a starting point and the whole purpose for beginning with emotional development and then this whole emotional cycle became a a quarter of the book in itself and I think that's the important thing Kay isn't it is because this because it's sort of it's so simple and yet so blimmin' effective. It can be it can be used for any age group. But the point is, is for let's say we're sort of, you know, we're directing it to teens who might not want to discuss, as I said, the issues with their parents. It gives them the understanding of their own emotions because we we can't it's it's a bit like trying to explain color to someone that's colorblind isn't it I mean you know for some people depressed might mean one thing and it you know and it's it has a totally different meaning and feeling for someone else and so to actually give the teen that control back again because I am a firm believer and as I and I always say your teen knows best we are only there to guide them and support them. But we can't sort of say, oh, right, you're feeling angry. You must go and do this because it works because it ain't going to work. It doesn't cut it. So it's giving, this this model is giving our kids back the tools that they need to get the control back again, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes. Um, but like you said, for, the, for when they are on the days where they can't connect with it, they don't think it's going to help to work through this as a parent as well gives you those questioning tools and the guide so that you can guide and mentor them so it's about turning mothering into mentoring yeah clear boundary sort of from the point where I started this system was a very clear boundary that we had um, which we kind of used before that but not in this sense was that we made it very clear when we're having a chat whether we're just having a chat but when we were moving into mentoring we would actually make that clear at the start of a conversation so that we both knew what to expect. And we had a really powerful level of conversation when we made that clear. Right, okay. But if we're having general chit-chat, I don't, th- I don't throw in the mentoring. I keep that out. But when something comes up, you know, we, we just kind of 
over time developed an understanding that we know the difference between the two styles of conversation. That's fantastic because many parents, and and I'm guilty of this as well, is that um, sometimes my kids sort of get to the, got to the stage where it was oh flip I'm not even going to tell her that because as soon as we sort of even start trying to have a conversation she's going to go into problem solving mode she's going to try and sort out all the all my woes and actually all I want to do is sort of you know chat and and chew the fat really and yeah. so I think that's great is the fact that it's it's just giving one another the boundaries to sort of say listen are we going into the mentoring here because if we are then let's put on different hats and let's do this and let's bust it and then we can go back to the you know the chat the fun and the banter because otherwise the lines get blurred don't they yeah they do actually yeah and we used to make it quite clear at times because we used to go to a weekly group once he was better enough we got to a point where because I used to go to uh, Toastmasters International so used to do public speaking and he came with me for a while so we'd do something like get in the car and say, right, 20 minutes, get it off your chest. And I'd time him. And it's at the end of 20 minutes, right, what do you want out of tonight? So we were going to a group. We were going to sit through a, a load of talks from other people. What are you going to look for in the talks tonight? And what are we going to come away with to talk about on the way home? So we'd actually set boundaries. So we'd each he'd have 20 minutes to offload. I'd perhaps have five minutes um, to offload what I'm going through just to just to make him realize it's a two-way thing yeah um, and um, I'll tell you what he's been my absolute rock this last year completely opposite he's been brilliant but it was just about having those boundaries right if you want to rant let's rant but let's put time on it yeah and then let's actually purposefully move that into okay so that's what you're going through what are we going to bring out of it not just all stress 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 so it was about turning stress into something more positive. It is. It's set, setting that intention of having a positive result at the end of it, isn't it, really? Yes. Yeah. I think one thing that really struck me was at the beginning of the book, you were sort of, because all the way through you set exercises and it's an yeah. opportunity, you know, I, I've sort of written in the margins already, and it's an opportunity for kids to get to know where they are and, and where they want to go. But it's really you know, sort of one of the exercises is literally doing a brain dump. You you call it a mind map of just putting everything that's sort of, you know, going on in your head. And when you look at it on a piece of paper visually, you go, God, no wonder I'm blimmin' well overwhelmed. But it's yeah. giving that visual sort of representation for kids, isn't it? So that they yeah. can, you know, rather than trying to sit there and contain everything in their head, it's full of exercises for them to be able to come to terms and understand and and actually give themselves a break and go, all right, okay, yeah, I do actually have quite a lot going on here. And it sort of makes sense of the chaos, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's also great because doing the mind map, then using it with the colour system, what they can do is after they've mind mapped, and I have have to say this, I did one of my own a few years back. I was going through a lot at the time. And I actually wrote stuff down that I was struggling with and said afterwards, oh, my God, it looks like my pen has just thrown up on the paper. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and a lot of stuff we a lot of the stuff we push away and we for, try and forget about or we, that's not important. But when it actually all starts, sort of, as you say, spewing out on the paper, it's it's sort of, you know, you, you actually start feeling so sort of quite either impressed with yourself for doing yeah. so much or rather sorry for yourself because there's so much going on so yeah. I mean it's, it's a great exercise for anyone actually but I think it's it's a great way for kids teenagers to start working out and, and another thing which really got me was when you were sort of saying right now I want you to describe your rock bottom and oh, yes. the, the rock bottom 
which I thought was brilliant because a lot of the time we're too scared to go there. We're too worried about what our fears are. And the rock bottom doesn't necessarily have to mean you've got there yet. It could be what you're terrified of and what you're worried about. Or it could be actually, yeah, I, I have I got there? Well, I was two years ago or whatever it is. And yes. it's just allowing yourself to just face those fears, isn't it? Look at the big monster. And I think when you start doing that, when you start looking at the monster or the biggest fears or whatever it is, the stuff that you know you want to put your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 la. I think it sort of <laughs> makes it real. But once it's out there, it's less scary. Does, is that right? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think once they get to con the, the grips with the concept of the map, in terms of using it like a, a mind map location, I don't mean the mind map exercise, but when you use that emotional cycle diagram and recognize the locations on that as if they're places in life, and we say, oh, we're going to a dark place. Well, when you've got that quadrant of the diagram that is black, that's the dark place. But it's it's a cycle, and a cycle will always go round and round. So it's about how to find your way, turn your turning point to go back through to the happy sort of area to find your way through the anger, through the sadness, how to work through them. And the book talks you through all of those in understanding, you know, all the changes that have happened, all the changes you can make. But certainly it's either recognising what your rock bottom could be and finding the strategies within the book to turn it around before you get there, you know, because why would you wait till you get to rock bottom if you can avoid it? Yeah. Because it's not a nice place to be. But the very fact that if you feel that you're there... yeah. There's no need to give up because now you're starting to take action. Now you're starting to do something about it. And so it's not going to be solved by tomorrow. But I tell you what, as and it's that that sort of, you know, I can't even remember whose quote it was. But, um, you know, I think Martin Luther King sort of said, you know, you've got I can't even remember the quote. So I'm not even going to bastardize it. But it's basically that every journey sort of or his his quote was about the staircase. And it all starts with the first step, isn't it? And I think you've got oh, one of yeah. the. You, but you've got a quote in your book, isn't it, about the yeah. journey or starting with the first step? And yeah, I think Lao that's Su. the thing. Yeah. Yeah, Lao Tzu, every even a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And that's where it, it can start from, is, is you know, as soon that's as you pick up the book. Yeah, as soon, exactly. And I think the thing is, is because I think lots of parents, I mean, this is why I bought the book. I haven't even shared it to my son yet. Maybe it's the control freak in me because I need to understand where it's coming from entirely do you know what I mean but it, it's giving Maybe you need a second copy I, I believe me my love I do but it's well he's not going to want to look at it with my notes in it is, is he so yeah we do need but the, the, the point <laughs> the point is is that we all need to understand our own emotional intelligence so that we can support others but it's so that we can support ourselves and I just think it's vital for kids to do no one teaches us this, this at school and it's vital to understand where you are right now in order to get to where you'd quite like to be in the future please yeah actually do you know what saying that like for me I'd love to see this being taught as as part of a curriculum subject in the future that's my my long-term vision um but you think about in terms of you can go for weeks without food you can go for days without water and you can go for even minutes without air, but you can barely go for seconds without an emotion. They are oh. that vital to us, but nobody teaches us how to use them, how to save them, how to how to how to steer our own emotions 
and this is like a steering wheel when you you know however you want to visualize it the analogy that somebody puts to this diagram whether they call it a diagram a system a map a steering wheel whatever they want to call it is what works for them but it's the pattern in it that's the same and and because it's just everything that we the, the power of it is is that when they get it and like you said it's simple four colors with this little bit of orange in the middle and around the edge the diagram looks sort of oversimplistic like well how does that help but actually in terms of say for happiness is at the top every single human being on earth is driven towards happiness even if they're out to create misery for other people it's because they think they're finding their own happiness and they get it wrong sometimes they get it wrong but they are still driven to find some way to try and make themselves feel happy but instead of making themselves rise up they try and tear other people down so that's when it's misused that's a yep. misused emotional cycle but the point is everybody's driven towards happiness and we talk about that in terms of being on a high being on top of the world the sunshine is all bright and yellow and we talk about the fluffy yellow ducks and you know sunflowers themselves everything to do with happiness is yellow you know, if a football team wins a trophy, it's gold. Gold is one of the highest values on earth within metals anyway. Um, I know there are some others with silver and the white light, but that comes off the top. We won't go there. Um, but it's, you know, gold is like considered the highest value. And it's the same with the emotions. Emotions are gold, you know, in terms of it's all that high energy. And we say it high energy. But at the same time, you imagine 32,000 people in a football stadium when their team scores the winning goal, all their arms are going to go up, like literally stick their arms yeah. up. Yes. Right. And how they would stick their arms up and out. It's hard for me to describe it on audio, but just do it. Just just give yourself a cheer right now. Like somebody's won a goal and go, yes. Right. Now, where your arms are imagine that being part of the circle that is just filled with happiness between your arms and that's why it's there on the cycle that that's representing the yellow isn't it it is that's all held up there right but on the opposite side imagine somebody who's depressed are they going to have their arms up there are they going to have their arms down by the side Mm. and all of that energy that low energy is held down there between their arms at the bottom end of the cycle and the same with fight you stick your arms out to one side and you punch or the other side you're running away and your arms are out running away or you're, you're afraid and you draw your arms up to your chest. When you freeze, you draw your arms into your chest. That's the center. And all of this physical movement that we do fits in this diagram as well. So yeah. it doesn't just show the core emotions. It shows how we use those core emotions physically, how we use them with our language because we talk about red, like red is anger. We talk about it as passion, and there's it explains in the book the difference between passion and anger, but they're both over on that side, which is action. So it's really important to get the action point of the red. Whereas everything to do with the blue is thoughts, like air is thoughts, whereas water is feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. So it's all over in the blue, but I've just really oversimplified it because this is a beginning point. For anybody who's not yet started this journey, there'll be more books later with, with more involved diagrams. <laughs> Lots more for me to develop yet. Um, but it's just about it to get into concepts with the language we use, like stuck in a pit, in the rock bottom, dark place. Yeah. All of the actual verbal descriptions we use also fit this diagram, as well as the physical language, body language. And then there's tone of voice as well. When somebody's excited, their voice goes up. 
Yes. When they're depressed, their voice goes down. And the same when they're afraid, they're like, oh, and they go one side, they pull away. And when they're angry, it's like the other side, you know. Yeah. The voice might stay on the sort of same level, not go up or down, but it's the intonation within the voice that shows that anger and that stress and the fear and anxiety. So everything that we do. So it's not about me actually having invented something new. It's about me having seen what already exists. That's what it looks like. (laughs) But depicting it so clearly and so simply you know I and I think that's the thing isn't it it's 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 simplicity is so vital for so that a we can remember it and b it's sort of easy for any age not to you know just to to get a handle on it and um you know that's that's why it's I mean it's to me it's just gold well there we are they're using the colors again but it's it just being able to sort of see even where you know, yeah, I'm I'm feeling sort of sad or low or happy, whatever it is, it's just being able to pinpoint it and sort of visualize. And I think that's a, a lot of kids, especially those with sensory processing mm. sort of issues, do need to be able to visualize. Um, but then you know yeah. that that sort of said, this book isn't just for those sort of you know, it, it's it's for anyone who is struggling that yeah. needs to be able to just get a handle on what's going on and for someone yeah. to describe it rather than, I think the thing is with emotions, if we're not careful, we get too fluffy and too touchy feely and too, and, and it's sometimes we need something slightly more concrete to sort of hang on to, don't we? Oh, absolutely. And, and you're saying about adults. I mean, the first time I ever showed this diagram to anybody outside the family was I'd actually gone on a training course for uh, awarding adult education and training. So I sat in a room full of about, there was about six of us in the room. So I presented this to the five other people and the, and the tutor. And part of the training was quite funny, actually, because part of the training questionnaire was, how will you know that your, your, your message has got through to your audience? And my answer was, they'll all have blank faces. <laughs> because they will be so focused on their own inner thoughts as the light bulb switched on that they their face expressions would switch off. I knew it. And I was delivering this, I only had 10 minutes and five minutes in, I looked around and I went, there it is, five blank faces. And I actually said it in the middle of my presentation, my exam. And they all sort of looked at me. I said, you're all, you're all sinking this in, aren't you? And they all sort of nodded. And there was a, um, a forensic pathologist in there. There was a policeman, the police dog trainer handler, and there was somebody from the army. And I can't remember who the other one was. But the guy from the army, he came up to me afterwards and he said, I'm so sorry. He said, I looked like I wasn't paying attention. I said, no, I know you was paying attention. Yeah. He said, but he said, my head was just spinning. And I said, I know, I know. I said, he said, my daughter has been telling me she doesn't want to go to her basketball club anymore. And I've been telling her she needs to go to get through it. He said, and we've had arguments about it. He said, and I've just realized instead of telling her she needs to go, I need to ask her why she doesn't want to go. Oh, wow. And that was, that's how easy it is to transform a life in 10 minutes. I was just like astonished. And at that point, I hadn't even developed the second, the, the second and third part of the model. This was just the first part. Um, so to have feedback like that was just, just wow. Yeah, you see, well, you, you know, you're heading in the right direction, aren't you? Now, listen, because w- earlier you said that this the book was um, it was divided into four, and I sort of inter- I interrupted sort of at, at point one. So, tell us about yeah. the the other sort of the other sections. 
Oh, right. Yeah. So over time, as I was putting this together and I, I've got a really good friend who's in leadership training and that's what he does. He's an expert in leadership training and has his own company. Um, but he, he, he bounced ideas around with me over this a lot because of the public speaking group when we met him there. And he kept questioning me about the orange parts of the, the cycle, the inner and the outer change. And he said, it's too confusing. And he said, I don't get it. You can't have one model with two things. I don't know. It was, he kept questioning it. And he said, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I, I got it. I, I understood why it stood, why he didn't get it. But I also understood why I needed to keep it in there. And eventually I went, I get it. And it, again, this was a, a year or two later, I got another light bulb moment. I need to break it down. So we've got the inner change. We've got the outer change. But how can we teach anybody? How can we teach them how to face up to change when how many infinite possibilities of change there are in the universe? Oh, my word. Yeah. Phenomenal yes, amount of change. Yes, exactly. It, 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 asking someone to, well, you know, accept a change in relationship or a change in sort of, you know, where they're living or a moving school or whatever. As you yeah. rightly say, there is going to be there are going to be myriad of sort of opportunities and examples for anyone isn't it you're, you're yeah. gonna you're never gonna run out of examples no so how am I gonna put that in one book yeah one <laughs> model then, flip and then I kept thinking about it so what changes what changes what and I kept thinking so how do I work out how that all fits together and eventually after after believe me a lot of brain ache I was like, <laughs> oh my god it was just like there are only five changes that can happen in the world and then I realized if you actually look at every type of change, the same way as in like there's supposedly in the English diction over 6,000 emotions in the English dictionary. But we can chunk them all into four core colors. You don't need to know all 6,000. You just need to know which of those four core colors you feel now or the combination of depending on, you know, because you might feel sad about one thing, happy about another, angry about something else. So it's about breaking it down as well. But it came to change. And I was like, do you know what? There are only five. And I broke that down. And that's become the second chapter in the book, which is what changed helps. And the helps is the analogy or the acronym for understanding change. And that is health, emotional, logical, physical, and social. Oh, wow. That is the five changes face. And over time, that then made me realise, actually, change can also be turned into a challenge. So they're the five challenges. And that links back to the first chapter, all about positive, negative thinking. So it just kind of, this has taken me five years to develop this as a whole. So it's not just a quick, oh, I've got an idea, stick it in a book. Um, I'm probably one of the few people actually watched all eight seasons of Games of Thrones for the purpose of research. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Not the moment of it, but for probably different reasons to everybody else. We're working on watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> that, 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 that just beggars belief. So this helps health, emotional, logical, physical, and social. Yes. And those are the five different types of change that we are yeah. all going to experience. So, yeah, if you take every challenge in the world that you could possibly face, it will fit somewhere into one of those five categories. Sometimes it will fit across more than one category. Um, You know, I'm just trying to think of an example. Uh, say, Say your car breaks down. Physically, the car's broken down, but logically, it will give you the challenge of 
how to get somewhere on time so that's another thing is um so the different things it will break down but yeah. the point is initially sort of breaking things into okay I'm not feeling well today I've got a headache okay that comes under health are you dehydrated have you eaten properly um you know do you need to go to the doctors have you got something you know have you got a virus or something um so it's about looking at health as an overall challenge um that also then sort of almost leads into when you take those health, emotions, logic, physical and social, and they actually start to work through what's changed, what's making them feel bad. How can they recognize their choices? How can they turn that into a challenge? And actually, that's where they can also start to find their values, because they're also the five career categories as well. And I don't even mention that too much in the book. But that is that is it. That's life chunked into five categories. So when you start there it gives them a way to say, okay, this is where I fit with my values, where I'm having problems. This is where I'm having family troubles. This is where my problems at school or college or, you know, with work, with my health, (laughs) whatever it is. Um, Or maybe they're trying to move the bedroom around and they need some help to move furniture, you know, whatever it is they're trying to do, that's the category that helps them to recognize where the problems are, how to recognize their options, and how to set themselves challenges and goals as well. It all fits in there. Right. So that, that's what, what I was going to ask is the fact that, you know, it, it's we're, we're sort of sitting there and and maybe someone sort of goes, right, oh, okay, I, I'm in the red zone because, you know, I, I'm angry or I'm sort of whatever right. deviation of angry they feel that they are. And right. then they, so, so you, you give them the tools to work out, all right, okay, so... I am here because of something and it's obviously because something has changed. Yeah. And so they look through the helps and that sort of helps them identify. Right. Word. What, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, so, yeah. but having identified, Oh my God. Okay. It is a physical change or it is a social change. Do yeah. you then give them the tools to be able to support themselves so that they can dig themselves out of that hole? Yeah. And the other beauty of that is, when they can start by saying it's one of those, health, emotional, logical, physical, or social, when they start there and say, okay, I know I'm dealing with today a health problem, you can put all the others to one side and not have to think about them. Okay, got you. So you're also eliminating problems as well as finding the one you need to work on. Um, but it could be another day you're looking for something to do and you need to find your strengths. It could be a different thing altogether. But the whole strategy puts this, it's just so many dynamics in it. It's unbelievable. Um but it is, you know, it takes them through that. But then every, this, there's another level to it after that, which came in the last year or so. Um, and I won't go too much into this one, but it was every change has a root cause. And this was where I was questioning initially some things that didn't quite seem to fit within those helps. There were some things that didn't quite fit. Okay, well, I've got those five changes, but some things were to like, I had them to one side and I had them noted and I couldn't let go of them. And then I realized there's actually only five root causes as well. So for whichever change you're going through, you look at one of the five root causes and then reverse engineer it all back to create an outcome that, that you would prefer <laughs> or desire or, you know. So so you this book helps us. We, we, we find the change. We find the root cause. You then give us the tools, do you, to sort yes. of just say, right, okay, if this is going on, then this is the course of action that sort of is likely to, whoa. So it's, it's not only understanding, but it's also helping to fix, isn't it? Yeah. And as you've mentioned a few times about the exercises in the book, 
in the first chapter, it's more about me giving information to them. And the book is written as if we're having a conversation just like we are now. Yeah. So as if I'm talking to a teenager across the, the room, across the table. So it's just me delivering information to them the same way I would have done to my son. But as we move into the second chapter, I start to put, sorry, the first chapter, I start to put in more exercises. And the point of them is to make them or encourage them, say, to take that information and think for themselves. Think about their life, their circumstances and how they can apply that knowledge to their life. And as I move into chapter two and chapter three, the exercises become a bit more um, like I still try to, you know, deliver the same value of information in chapter in each chapter. But chapter two exercises will also draw in on the introduction in chapter one and chapter three will draw in the information across the first three sections as well. So I'm trying to create a strategy where they actually learn to think for themselves. And I think that's that, that's the thing, isn't it? Because with parents, um, we are we are so well. Our inner radar is turned on, and we know deep, deep down, we know with that sort of that visceral feeling when when our kids are struggling, when our kids are having a horrid time, when we know that something's got to change, when we know that we need to help them out. And sadly, when they're teenagers, they don't often or don't always open those doors for us to be able to support them Um, and I think the thing is here and this is the great thing about the book is the fact that um, we need to allow our kids to do this take these steps of the journey for themselves we we can't sort it all out we can't make it all better for them Um, and and I think we often say that, don't we? I mean, even when you're sending your child off to an exam, oh my God, if only I could sit there and do it myself, I'd, I'd jump in, you know, I'd jump in at, yeah. well, maybe no, not I wouldn't. with chemistry or <laughs> maths or whatever. But, you know, we, we would rather take the pain away and sort of take it on ourselves, but we can't do that with emotions, mm. can we? No, I know what you mean. And that was, that was the big thing about uh, helping my son through was knowing that it was his journey from rock bottom to find his way back um it was his him that had to make that turning point but it was about being there with him and that was okay what do we do if they are because you've had you had five years of stubbornness what do we do when they won't let us in just be persistent i think the main thing is to set the example lead lead the way learn learn these things for yourself and they'll you know for me, even learning this just gave me a different way to talk to him, a different way to ask him questions. Um, it gave me a different way to manage my own emotions around it as well. And that was the first thing. There's not much point teaching him to manage his emotions if I couldn't learn to do it myself. So it was about leading that example, leading the way, having that conversation until he felt that actually mum does know what she's talking about. It's time to start listening. And that that can, I know from experience, that can take quite a long time. And I think the thing is, is that's what many parents find themselves in the situation where we do take it personally. We do get worked up and and let let our own emotions sort of take over. We do struggle. Um, And yeah, even even sort of becoming aware of, oh, right, yeah, there's a trigger for me or, you know, that's what I'm sort of struggling with. Um, It's this is a great sort of. 
um, a tool for us. And I think that's probably why I'm reading it now, um, sort of rather than sort of reading with Jack. I, I'm, I'm sort of wanting to go through it myself because, well, I, I, and, and Alice, my daughter, but um, I, Jack's the one that sort of struggles with mental health issues more. Um, and I know that he um, feels as though he's reached rock bottom at various sort of stages. I know that, uh, you know, I just look at him and struggle and think, how can I make this better? And yet it is that old phrase, isn't it? Hmm. If you, 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 you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And I think, as you rightly say, it's, it's keeping ourselves and understanding ourselves is the first way. Yeah. of leading our children out of the hole that they might find themselves in. Yeah, and I think one of the beauties of this, and I'm I'm absolutely hoping that, you know, for you that this works the same with Jack, is that once they see that diagram and they get the concept or you start to explain that to them, they realise that actually all the options to turn that around are their options. Yeah. And staying there is their choice as well. And I think that's the important thing. When it becomes clear to them, that staying somewhere where you're angry, staying depressed, staying, you know, anxious is it may not feel like a choice at that point because if we don't have a choice about those kind of emotions being thrown at us by the outside world, but what this book does teach them is the power they've got to make the choice to overcome it, to, to transform from it, to take those positive decisions, to do all the right strategies throughout the book. But it's once they realise that visual of it, it gives them the motivation, like actually, yes, there is that place there. It is still mine. It's nobody's stolen my happiness. You know, it's not been taken away. It's still there. It's on the map. I've just got to make the steps to go there. Um, might be a short journey, might be a long journey, but yeah. But I think the thing is, is that if you are someone who has struggled for a long time, uh, as your son obviously had, uh, has struggled for a long time with these escalating emotions, with the oh. lack of understanding of what's going on. Kate, it's bloody exhausting. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, to, to even pull yourself up by the bootstraps and think, I, right, okay, I'm going to make these changes. Even that in itself takes a huge amount of effort, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, so many times I just felt like I don't know what to do. I give up. You know, you felt like you give up. But then I thought, well, what, what does give up mean? You know, what does give up mean? And and what's that going to achieve? And it's going to achieve nothing. If anything, what it would achieve, it's not a case of it achieve nothing. What it would achieve is actually sending him even deeper. He might have committed suicide. He might have committed crimes. You know, he could have got involved in all kinds of things you don't even want to know about. Um, so it was about actually, I still have a choice to even the main the main challenge for me for five years every day was if it wasn't picking him up, it was stopping him going deeper. If I couldn't pick him up, it was about stopping him sinking further. And that 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 day to day was exhausting. I get it. How um, did you do that? Just stubbornness. I don't know determination. Um, because and I think it was just sheer love it's like mother's love I did yeah. not like seeing my son like that I hated seeing my son like that and I think it was just you know you imagine somebody drowning and you pull them out of the water and they just jump back in so you pull them out and they jump back in yeah but you do you give up pulling them out and just oh go and go and drown <laughs> no, <laughs> no and that's how it felt like you know I felt like his emotional paramedic every day on call 
Um, when that phone rang, I was there for him, you know. And sometimes that'd be two minutes. Well, at that time, anything between sort of half an hour and three hours at a time. But the, the minute I started using the system with him, literally within a couple of weeks, he went from me having to talk to him for three hours to come out of a depression down to an hour to a point where one day he phoned me instead and said, Mum, I've just had another, you know, depression. He said, but I talked myself out of it today in 10 minutes. Whoa. What a change. And this is literally within weeks. And then we were were literally having coffee in a cafeteria in town one day. And uh, because the bit I'm not proud of is because before I developed this before I even began this system when he was 18 I'd got to a point I I had given I kind of given up but taken a different strategy I should say like you said how how do you cope when they don't talk when they do and I'd got to that point and I don't want other people to get where I got to I threw him out yeah he was living in a hostel so he was around all the wrong people that weren't helping him. And he'd got, I, I, I needed that break because after 12 years of this, yeah, I was exhausted and I needed him to have 24-7 care. He was that bad. So we'd, we'd got him into this hostel, but he was still going downhill from there. But literally within weeks of starting this system, what a change. And then say this friend of his saw us in the cafe, walked in and just sat down with us. <laughs> Youngsters do these days, you know, no, oh, hello, are you all right? Can I join you? Did you come in and sit down, you know? Oh, hi, would you like to join us, you know? And bless, would you like a coffee? Oh, I'd love one, you know, so we go and get her a coffee. And she sat there and just chatting away with, with my son Matthew and me, and then completely randomly said, I've realised that hanging around with Matt makes me a better person. Oh, bless her. <laughs> And that was my light bulb moment that I had to take what I was doing with Matthew and share it further. Yeah. That was the beginning of it as a business for me and five years of development to get to where I am now. Because he was beginning to teach all this. He was paying it forward. Exactly. Exactly. So quickly, literally within weeks, paying it forward to his friends. That's that's just how wonderful. And and, I, I mean... I, obviously, it goes without saying that the um, the the links are going to go in the show notes for how to get hold of this book. But it, it, it's it's I know already that um, I, I'm thrilled to say, actually, ladies and gents, I wrote the forward to this. So um, I, it's it's a book that I firmly believe in. Not only you know, sort of from a mum's point of view, because I well, you know, you. you this is the sort of the shame that I sort of had is, you know, I, I'm sort of helping other people and I'm helping uh, other kids and yet I can't even sort my own family out. And I think that's the thing that we were talking about a little bit earlier, Kay, is the fact that we need to get, uh, you know, I, I I can deal with anyone that sort of, you know, I, I hope the majority of people look sort of cross my path, but I struggled with my own family. And I think that's because of all our own emotions, isn't it? And it's all my own mum guilt and shame and woulda, shoulda, coulda. And I, you know, and so this book is equipping me not only with the tools as a mum, but it's also the tools for a practitioner. And and in fairness, I mean, there are sort of, you know, exercises there that I have seen before. You know, you as you as you rightly said, you haven't reinvented the wheel. But what you have done um, is pulled it all together in, in a model that is 
easy for us to relate to, easy for us to understand. And, you know, sort of by by sort of creating that picture and that model, we go, oh, yeah, look, that's where that bit fits in. And it's just and, and we all need a system of some sort, be it, you know, your helps system for change or be it just the colours or and I know we haven't even touched on flight, but those are Get yeah, the, we'll, cool. we'll be able to sort of read about that but um it's just having that oh yeah it's it's the hooks isn't it that we need yeah. to get right that's exactly what i need to understand right now the rest of it as you say i can park that but it's just focusing on the bits that you need to and that's what this book has given me is that that tool for future clients and it's 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 a tool for my own family as well and yeah. for that i am very very grateful you're very welcome very well thank you thank you so much Kay it's it's um yeah I I anyone and it's basically the 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 sort of strap line is shining a torch on depression and lighting the way to emotional awareness in teenagers and young adults and um any any parents and who've got kids out there that are struggling or any parents that just want a tool for the future when because we all know that you know life's tough for all of us but if you've got the knowledge beforehand pre you know sort of forewarned is forearmed isn't it um go and get this it's called brain unchained and as i keep saying it's bloody genius so okay my love thank you so much indeed you're very welcome and the title was actually chosen by matthew oh wow how cool because <laughs> that was to describe his moment because i kept saying what is it like being stuck in a rut one end and everybody says there's light at the end of the tunnel and there is light at the other end of the tunnel but what's it like in the middle of that tunnel when you start to realise that your journey actually is working? It's that you're going where you need to go. And you was like, oh, it's, it's like all these, it's like I had these chains around my brain and they fell away. And that's where the title Brain Unchained come from. Oh, how wonderful. Well, he, he, he and you have created a gem. So thank you so much indeed. And Kay's going to be back on um, when the next book comes out. Just, just mm-hmm. hashtag keep an eye out. <laughs> So, Kay, thank you, my love, and we shall speak to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child and we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.